0: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the '90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast dedicated to chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Alfik, and I'm Connor Thompson. I just realized we're like we almost always sit on opposite sides. Yeah, we're, we're sitting right now. I am on the left side now. That's I am the driver.
1: Yeah. Well, uh this week. We're doing 95. You called that last week. We are cruising into 1995. Now let's let's stop for a second, put the car in park, and talk about October 29th through... Shit. November something 1995. I'm not scrolling down. Fourth. Sure. Diving in. October 29th. Class teaches New York singles art of flirting. Get this. They're offering a course that actually encourages New Yorkers to make eye contact with total strangers. The School for Flirting opened in October, offering participants MAF degrees for Masters in the Art of Flirting. The class costs $140, and there's a two-drink minimum. The school is in a comedy club. Okay, weird. Homework assignments will include getting at least three phone numbers, and the flirts will be graded at the end of six monthly sessions. The founding flirts are Robin Gorman Newman. That's a lot of names. It is. The author of How to Meet a Mensch in New York. Actually, hmm. though, that's the title. Uh, and relationship therapist Susan Rabin, author of How to Attract Anyone, Anytime, Anyplace, The Smart Guide to Flirting. Lessons will include Dating Etiquette in the 90s, What to Say After Hello, Silence is Sexy, and Romantic Rendezvous. How to fuck? Pretty much. The crowd ranged in age from their mid twenties to late forties and was equally divided between men and women. Neat. That is pretty neat.
0: It seems like a much better thing than what's like evolved into like pickup artist
1: classes. It's a more valuable and less expensive degree creepy. than Trump University. Ooh. Yeah. I like what you did there. Yeah. Uh something something
0: Weinstein? I don't know. October thirtieth. Quebec independent Independentists. Independ dentists narrowly lose a referendum for a mandate to negotiate independence from canada eat it quebec and live coverage of said 1995 referendum airs on all major networks like what cbc and ctv
1: pretty much and cbc french Ooh,
0: there you go and what uh c-span Is that, yeah. that's not even a network. no it's not that, well it's not canadian <laughs> yeah uh what do we have cpac I don't know. We've, there there was, there, I remember when is I had it? Basic Yeah, cable, no, it is
1: CPAC. It's only channel 11, right?
0: I don't know. There was some, there was some, like, House of Commons, like, Political. live feed, essentially. Yeah,
1: it was a garbage channel.
0: Yeah. Also today, Oasis released their single, Wonderwall. Oh, that's nice.
1: Because after all, ah, uh, you know, you know the song. Yeah. October 31st. Newfoundland passes a constitutional amendment to overhaul its school system, uh, but (laughs) in this article, no details as to what that actually entailed. Who knows? Also on this date, Powerwave to make debut. The Power Computing Corporation, the first company to license Apple Computer Inc.'s Macintosh operating system, said it planned to introduce its newest line of Macintosh clones on Monday. Power Computing, which is based in Austin, is planned to ship 100,000 units by May 1996, according to Stephen Kang, the founder of the company. And he did. In 1997, when Steve Jobs returned to Apple, he also returned the company to its roots of managing both hardware and software without licensing its software out to other companies uh, in much the same way that Microsoft does. Quote, Apple has to let go of its ghost and invent the future. Uh, according to Mr. Jobs, instead of expanding the share of the market that used computers uh, based on the Macintosh system, the decision to license clones simply ate into Apple's own sales and hardware, he said. So basically they took back ownership of what is theirs. Yeah, and said, fuck it, which is, I mean, something Steve Jobs did very well,
0: apparently. Yeah. November 1st, Tokyo called a threat to U.S., panel told. A Japanese doomsday cult accused of the March gas attack on a Tokyo subway uh, sought technology in the United States, weapons of mass destruction in Russia, and uranium ore in Australia, A a Senate panel was told on Tuesday. Globalization at work. Staff investigators told the Senate Permanent Investigation Subcommittee that they found evidence to suggest that the Supreme Truth cult was a clear danger not only to the Japanese government, But also, security interests of the United States. Investigator John Sopko quoted Japanese sources saying that the cult might have uh, tried to instigate a war between the US and Japan this month. Sopko said Supreme Truth set up a New York office in 1987 that sought to obtain high tech equipment, computer software and hardware, and other items. I am telling you, weird cults of the 90s. It's definitely a thing. It's not going to be our spotlight today, but telling you it's there it's there there's there was an article from november 2nd that we're not gonna get into
1: about uh waco texas 1993 branch davidian like om supreme truth cult sounds like it's from uh best korea north korea yeah but it was you know nice uh nice little thing outside of outside of tokyo yeah it's, it's something uh november 2nd blood on the hill Speaker Newt Gingrich was nuzzling a baby cougar today when it bit him on the chin. A minor abrasion, it drew just a spot of blood. And besides, he gets bit every day, doesn't he? Said Jack Hanna, director emeritus of the Columbus, Ohio Zoo. Uh, This was alluding to capital politics, of course. Mr. Hanna had the mountain lion and other animals in the office of Representative John R. Kasich, who you may have heard of, uh, of Ohio, then head of the House Budget Committee. This
0: is all sorts of fucked. Newt Gingrich got bit by a cougar in John Kasich's office. That's great. It's Some things get better with age. Like some articles make no sense when you read them 20 years later. Yeah. This is a fine wine
1: of this is pr- unusual. This is pretty great. Also, not the cougar story you would expect to hear out of the Clinton White House. Oh, I see what you did there. E. Hey.
0: Moving on to November 3rd, Mr. Show with Bob and David, an American sketch comedy series starring and hosted, of course, by Bob Ogenkirk and David Cross debuted today. Uh, Also today at Arlington National Cemetery, U.S. President Bill Clinton dedicates a memorial to the victims of the Pan Am Flight 103 bombing. Pan Am Flight 103 was a transatlantic flight from Frankfurt to Detroit via London and New York on uh, December 21st, 1988. The aircraft uh, was destroyed by a bomb, killing all 243 passengers and 16 crew.
1: I didn't know there was uh, anything for that in Arlington. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I had no idea. That's nice. Uh, November 4th, closing out the week, Radarsat, Canada's first observation satellite, is launched. Radarsat 1 ran from 1995 to 2013, uh, eventually being supplemented by Radarsat 2 in 2007. Radarsat Constellation, the successor to Radarsat 2, should be launched next year, uh, 2018.
0: Have you noticed that there's a Canadian thing about that whole, like, compounding words that don't need to be compounded? Canadarm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I kind of like it. I'm i kind of into I'm it. I'm on board. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, it's also like an internet thing that we've been doing since much longer than the internet. Agreed. So, uh, you know, we were here first.
1: Yeah, let's move on to movies and music. And this week, in yeah. the number one spot of the box office is—I've seen it. I wasn't a huge fan. Get Shorty. This is with Travolta, Gene Hackman, Rene Russo, Devito. Right, oh, right. James Gandolfini and Bette Midler were in this one too. Ah,
0: I, uh, it's a I movie. Don't
1: really remember it? It did okay. I think yeah. like, worldwide it grossed just over a hundred million. That's... Oh, uh, sorry, one fifteen. Oh, that's a chunk of change. That is, uh, that's some that's some nice money. Number two, uh, have you heard of
0: Powder? This sounds familiar. I was reading an article about it today. It's kind of fucked
1: up. Okay. The, uh, I mean, the movie itself Oh, is... it's a Goldblum. Goldblum's in this? Is a Goldblum. What? Yeah. Ah, cool. See, we're learning.
0: Yeah, but the uh the director of this, he apparently uh he ran into some trouble when directing a low budget film in 1988 in which he sexually molested a minor.
1: Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Yeah, so apparently a lot of that came to light during uh during the production of this and uh that was a bit of a shit show. And the guy went on to direct Jeepers Creepers, so I'm surprised that yeah, he well,
1: had a career. Yeah, Hollywood, right? Ooh. What else is on here that's worth actually talking about? Apollo about thirteen it. is clinging on. Yeah, Batman Forever also clinging on. Same with Mallrats and Braveheart, but those, yeah, are, those are those are in their death throes. Yeah, really. they've all been
0: ten plus weeks in the box office, so not the greatest week for seeing a movie. Yeah, really not. But I mean, it's it's almost Halloween, so yeah, maybe you gotta be getting your
1: Halloween costume ready. Maybe you watched whatever movie was on TV this week.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Oh, and it's probably like. No, I don't know if Hocus Pocus would have been on TV by this point because it was I'd... only like a year old.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think so. Maybe, yeah. maybe though.
0: Yeah, maybe. No, I need to put out some good Halloween movies. We should have talked about that. Hindsight's twenty twenty.
1: We'll get there. Yeah. Oh, sh- well, we'll get maybe next year. Okay, let's move on to the RPM one hundred. This one is actually good. So normally the RPM one hundred is like it's just a sheet, uh, like we see it in a, a PDF and at the top of it just says rpm 100 it's not exciting at all but because this is 95 there's pictures on here we've got like a a cassette and a a cd and they're also clef. yeah there's a treble clef and Ooh. like some exciting looking music, the music notes.
0: notes are also lightning bolts oh man this is 90s what we got this week uh the gin blossoms are at number one with until i hear it from you
1: that's a pretty good song there are a couple gin blossoms like 90s borderline classics
0: i hear i hear a few on uh i'm, I'm riding out my sirius xm uh, subscription with my car
1: oh yeah
0: i'm are you gonna re-up oh fuck no wow okay that shit is not worth it okay we're deviating for a second yeah fuck satellite radio i'm not paying for that it's not even there's not even much variety on it like you would think i listen to a lot of the 90s online big fucking surprise you would think we have got a whole decade to source music from i shouldn't be hearing the same songs every day but you do but i do like in the, the same way that you do with any other radio station so and reception isn't that good i'll be dry when i drive on the qew right where This means nothing to to probably most of you, but right where the 405 and QEW split, there's about two seconds where it dies. It's like a dead zone. Yeah, and, you know, that doesn't happen with terrestrial radio. If I go under a tunnel, it's fucked, but if I go under a tunnel, satellite radio, that dies too. Stuck in the 90s is not brought to you by XM or Sirius Satellite Radio because it didn't exist in the 90s with a small asterisk because I think we've talked about how towards the end they started to exist
1: literally fuck that noise yeah uh also though fuck this list it's not great and most of what i would want to talk about we've already covered in depth that's true kiss from a rose is on here you ought to know alanis Morissette. yeah um only want to be with you like (laughs) i will remember you sarah mclaughlin the sad dog (laughs) commercial song uh yeah it's not yeah i don't even want to oh hold on number 20 what we got number 20 friend of the show, dare I say father figure, Michael Bolton with can I touch you dot 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 there. I mean, he's asking permission. Yeah, I mean, he's asking for consent, which is a foundation of
0: of anything. You cannot proceed with anything without consent. And Michael Bolton, he asks for it because you kind of have to. And Michael Bolton, he's not going to step over that line. He will you know
1: He's not gonna Weinstein you is what we're saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're really we're really ripping on that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that's um, true. Um I think okay. we're gonna end things with number eighty four. Sure, we're jumping that far down the list. It's bad. Yeah. We've got Scatman by Scatman John. Bee ba 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 ba. Ba That's all Gosh. we need
1: to say about that, I think
0: just several words that aren't quite words. That's correct. It's a
1: fun song. You're not wrong. It is a fun song. Definitely had its time in the sun for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on to our 90s spotlight this week. Oh, is that more 90s news now?
0: Yeah, we got some
1: 90s news now. Okay, let's do 90s news now first. Dive in. All right,
0: so uh, this week, you may have seen this since a lot of our listeners are Canadian. A Montreal man was ticketed for singing in his car. A 38-year-old man, he was just... He was stopped by four police officers just outside of his home, asking if he was screaming. But no, he was singing. And despite that, he was issued a $149 ticket for screaming in a public place. You know what song he was singing? Know what? Uh, I would say a, a favorite song of the podcast. CNC Music Factory's Gonna Make You Sweat. Was he really? AKA, Everybody Dance Now. Whoa! Yeah. How can you get fined for that? I know! Dunt. Dun, 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 dun. Like, right, uh, he should be like he should be paid like a a
1: gig fee for that. I would think so.
0: Yeah. So uh, next time you're gonna sing a classic '90s song, make sure you're not in some weird or like uh yeah. Make sure there's not some weird ordinance against against joy you know, against making you sweat against right? everybody dancing now because uh, Montreal they got a problem with that bastards. Let's do some this week on because sure. we've got some pretty. F- pretty monumental stuff like this was yeah you know what movies suck this week but there was good shit on tv okay
1: this yeah this is yeah a good one.
0: i'll take the simpsons you take seinfeld because we're we're breaking with what we usually do and we're talking about both because sure we can't not yeah so it's almost halloween the simpsons of course had their treehouse of horror 6 it aired on october 29th and as usual with treehouse of horror episodes uh, there are three self contained little stories. Number one Attack of the 50 foot eyesores. Homer steals the giant donut from Lard Lad. In the midst of a freak storm, Lard Lad and the other giant advertising statues from Springfield come to life and terrorize the town. So good. Lisa goes to an ad agency that created the characters, and an executive suggests that the citizens just stop paying attention to the monsters and they'll go away. She and Paul Anka later perform a catchy song, and the citizens of Springfield just stop looking. And the monsters lose their power, become lifeless, and you know happiness ensues. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice little opening and a, a guest spot from Paul Anka. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That was a good one.
0: Yeah, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace is essentially Freddy Krueger with groundskeeper Willie, but it has some of my favorite uh, some of my favorite things in some of my favorite Simpsons lines. Oh, lousy smirch weather, smirch. Do not touch Willie. Smirch thirty second. March, the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month. <laughs> and then finally, do you remember Homer Cubed? Not right now. Okay, you you will. Okay. Um, Patty and Selma come to visit. Homer, desperate to avoid Patty and Selma, of course, mm. looks behind a bookcase and enters a mysterious new world in which everything is oh, in 3D. Oh, yeah. He explores the peculiar area and finds he's trapped within it. He seeks help from Marge and others, but it becomes... Uh, their rescue attempts are fruitless. He throws a cone into the floor and basically collapses the universe. Bart tries to save him, you know, doesn't quite. And he falls gracefully to his death. And yeah, the final sort of scene of the episode is Homer landing in a dumpster in a real life West Hollywood and begins to explore his surroundings, finally entering an erotic cake store. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's some good lines in this, too. Has anyone seen that movie Tron? No, 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 no. Yes. I mean, no. (laughs) I I just love the fact that Homer has seen Tron. Yeah. Uh, Also, according to uh, David Merkin, uh, they tried to get Al Gore to host the episodes. Really? Yeah, but the producers got no response to their request. Classic. Quote, there was an eerie silence, Merkin said. He added that if the VP decides now to pursue this showbiz offer, it's just too late. He missed his chance. Classic Simpsons episode. Tough luck, Al Gore. Yeah, I loved it. Al Gore, really, he should have jumped on that one. Missed the boat. They could have... I'm sure they could have written, like, an environmental one, too, about, like, global warming. Like, Like they could have done, like, a day after tomorrow.
1: Al Gore, you wasteful bastard. Yeah. All right, so this week on Seinfeld, The Soup Nazi is the sixth episode of the seventh season, which first aired in the U.S. on November 2nd, 95. Oh, man. This is... This is it's the soup Nazi. This is one of this the is maybe best. the most well-known Seinfeld. Oh episodes. yeah, if
0: we're talking about quotable '90s things, it's up there. No soup for you is that might
1: be like the quote from the show if yeah. you had to pick one.
0: Um, probably yeah. Right, like
1: that's sponsorworthiness, oh, like yeah. But no soup for you is just it's just one quick sentence. All right, let's get into it. Jerry, George, and Elaine patronize a new soup stand Kramer has been praising. Jerry explains that the owner, Yev Kassem, is known as the soup Nazi due to his temperament and insistence on a strict manner of behavior while placing an order. Jerry and his new girlfriend annoy everybody by using baby talk. I forgot about that. Yeah. George tries to do the same thing with Susan to show how annoying they are to everybody. Elaine buys an armoire and asks Kramer to watch it. While watching it, Kramer is robbed. Elaine then gets rejected from the soup kitchen when she offends the soup Nazi. Kramer, who befriends the soup Nazi, gets a new armor exactly like the one that was stolen from him. He then gives it to Elaine, who discovers the soup Nazi's recipes inside. Jerry pleads with her not to do anything, but Elaine threatens to put the soup Nazi out of business. Which she does. Bitch. This is, yeah, one
0: of the best episodes of Seinfeld. I think that just goes without saying. Agreed. But we're saying it anyway, because that's what we do. Yeah, Yeah. And... I, love I I went to an Indian uh, restaurant a few weeks ago, and I almost I wanted to try the malagatani because of this.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I don't know if I've ever seen malagatani on a menu. I want to, but try I think it. if I do, I will give it a go.
0: Yeah, if I go back to this uh, restaurant, which I think I might, it was pretty good. Okay, I want some did and like I, the ing- I, I don't remember what was in it, but it looked it sounded like it was a pretty good soup. Like I've had jambalaya, jambalaya, jambalaya.
1: <laughs> oh, Newman. Anyway, yeah, so that's the end of that. Yeah, it was um, good
0: week for good week for TV's. Pretty bad good, week for movies.
1: Bad week for movies. Bad week for music. Good week for TV for sure. All right, let's let's get into the '90s spotlight this week. It's not a huge one, but we have some stuff to talk about here. Seeing as Halloween just happened, we thought we would give just a you know couple minutes discussion on things that we were probably irrationally afraid of in the 90s or rationally well sometimes depending at least not this first one um chalked up under irrational 90s fears sitting too close to the tv I don't understand, like, did it actually damage your eyes? Is there some research I am unaware of? I think there, it really depends on how close and really the era of the TV, because... I don't think anyone is damaged for having sat too close to the TV, but it was a, at least in our household, it was a constant, you're sitting too close to the TV, back up. Maybe the, maybe your parents just wanted to see, your, your, your head was blocking it.
0: And, I, and it was a product of the fact that our TVs were, you know, like... At max,
1: 27 inches. I think ours was 32. Oh, no, we had ours was 37. Like our floor model was, I think, 32. And then when we got like a big regular tube TV, it was 37. That's massive. That is enormous. It was pretty big, but yeah, that was definitely a '90s fear that I don't think you really hear about anymore.
0: Yeah, and, and not so much the fear of the of sitting cl- too close to the TV. It's the fear of the repercussion from when you're yelled at from sitting at too close to the TV. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next one is something I've talked about a, a little bit: killer bees. Oh, God damn it! Do you remember on all the Fox specials that chart of the impending doom that we will all face, like? The killer bees went from like Texas to California in like two years. Like, we were doomed by the end of the nineties, basically. I don't know. Like, we should be we should be surrounded by killer bees. We should be working and toiling in the killer bees hives. Wow. Yeah, making that honey for those killer bees. Full because, species takeover. Yeah, exactly that's basically what Fox made it seem to be on all their killer bee specials. Can you
1: can you believe that Fox would pump out misinformation? Maybe. Maybe, <sighs> maybe not. I get it, but like, um, okay,
0: yeah, but, killer bees were fucked, and yeah. like, I'm still a little
1: bit afraid of them. But well, a little, you maybe know, it's reasonable.
0: They, they was blown out of proportion.
1: Uh, we've all we've talked about acid rain before. I don't think we really need to get into that. But that was definitely a '90s fear. What yeah. other, what other '90s fears were there? Um, I think aliens. Going back to Fox,
0: they were yeah. pushing the alien agenda a lot too in the '90s, even towards the mid '90s. We got a lot of good alien movies, and you know, you could be there, like. If you live in a big city like Toronto, New York, anything like that, and Independence Day
1: happens, Mm. you're getting blown to shit. That's true. And I think Area 51 was, like, you still hear about it from time to time, but I think it was a much bigger deal. And the X-Files, that permeated just the minds of the
0: 90s. And I think that made, I wasn't afraid, but there was definitely that little fear that we're going to get invaded by aliens at some point.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a thing.
0: Yeah, now not so much. Yeah. Ooh. You know what? Towards the late 90s. Mm. I I would say this is definitely a 1999 fear. Okay. And I'm not talking about Y2K right now, which is also we'll, we'll get to that next. Yeah. But with the with the release of a little film called The Matrix, I became so afraid that we were living in the Matrix.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that freaked me out. Well, there there is a theory that everything is a simulation.
0: There is definitely a pretty strong theory that we are living in a simulation. But is it like a, a Matrix style one, where you know, just the idea of being used as a battery—that the imagery then yeah, to eleven-year-old me kind yeah. of, kind of stuck with me
1: then and made me a little freaked out. Now, you know what? If it's not you, so bad of an idea. It, well, <laughs> if you haven't watched it, go back and rewatch the first Matrix and then it, it holds up it's a great cry. movie don't watch the next two don't yeah. do it it's not no. worth it <sighs> that was a big drop off i mean yeah, in yeah
0: the 90s it was a decade of the good matrix films film film
1: yeah. yeah um our last fear for obvious reasons y2k the last
0: big fear of the 90s yeah that and in addition like with uh like we were talking about with some of these doomsday cults there were at least Two or three occurrences of Armageddon occurring in the 90s. And I feel like that hasn't stopped. We had 2012, we had a few others. Yeah, the Mayan calendar. Yeah, but Y2K was probably the most substantiated one. I think so. It is the new millennium. Mind you, it's a made up number, but it had a bit of reality into it. With the advent of computers and the proliferation of technology, there was that slight chance that maybe there's that element of, that little element of truth maybe all the computers are going to fuck up
1: maybe all the nukes are going to go off maybe planes are going to fall from the sky obviously nothing did happen but i remember when it turned midnight actually looking over at my parents computer which yeah. like which i intentionally left on just to see if something would happen <laughs> nothing happened of course
0: no and, and yeah like probably nothing was going to happen and there was a lot of y2k compliance going on through the mid to late 90s to get things to the state where nothing did happen yeah But it just breathed in that little bit of scientific credibility to what was otherwise just, you know, another doomsday
1: theory. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: If you've got some weird 90s fear, something that was unique to that decade. Yeah, something we can look into. Yeah, hit us up and uh, I would love to hear about
1: it. A little post-Halloween. I'm on board with that yeah so let's move on to our sponsorship segment every week on the show we bring you a sponsor sometimes real sometimes fictitious sometimes hastily downloaded from a video streaming service on the website that will go unnamed for legal reasons
0: finding a phone in a car isn't that unusual anymore except when it leaves the car for greener pastures the high seas or a leisurely lunch Radio Shack keeps you in constant communication with their affordable transportable cellular telephone.
1: Hello? Oh, yes, he's right here. It's for you. Yes, I heard about the merger Five hundred 100 shares.
0: The affordable transportable cellular telephone only at Radio Shack.
1: That is a product, service and or thing that... You know genuinely supports the podcast, i think
0: i I agree. We hopefully agree with their with their values and ideals, and I really hope this isn't an ad for like Miramax or something. womp, womp. all right, uh, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else to add? Nah, I'm good. Fair enough. Weird cults. We're definitely looking into that. It's there coming. Weird cults in the weird
1: cults in the nineties. It's coming for sure. Uh all right. You can find us online at stuck in the nineties dot com. Our Facebook is Facebook.com slash stuck in the nineties. We are on Instagram, also at oh shit. Facebook.com slash stuck in the nineties podcast. Right. Yeah. I mean you guys know it by now, right? Yeah. Instagram, stuck in the nineties podcast, Twitter is sit nineties. I don't think I posted a damn thing this week. I, uh... my insta game is off. Eh. For sure. We'll get there. We'll get back. Um, Otherwise, though, yeah, you know, leave us no one. I don't think we've had a review in a long time. Also, though, if you if you want, go on iTunes and look up the podcast and check out our reviews, because every time I pull it up, the top one is my own review of the podcast.
0: That's uh, your game in the system.
1: Yep. That's uh, eat it,
0: iTunes. That's unethical and immoral. Wow. Yeah. Well, Man, we're uh... I've
1: been called out. So, I mean, I've done my time. Yeah. So,
0: you know, what? it's uh, it's your turn. Leave us a leave us a, an ethical and honest review and five star. And especially five star. Yeah. That we part will... doesn't have to be honest. It yeah. Just has to be five. We'll say something nice about you. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Um otherwise, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, hit us up online.
0: You know, we'll get a conversation oh, if going. If you want
1: to be a ten dollar sponsor, drop us a line, drop us ten bucks, and we will plug your shit. Yeah. Uh our email is stuck in the nineties podcast at gmail dot com.
0: And uh yeah, I think next week we'll be uh diving deep into November in a year of the nineties. Not ninety five. That's for sure because that's what we talked about this week.
1: Incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um. Uh, yep. You know what? You know one Marvel superhero I didn't see much of in the nineties: mm. the Incredible Hulk. He was around. I didn't see him that much. Like you, you got to think. In the that's X-Men, a lot of makeup. He didn't pop up, but in the in the cartoons, he didn't pop up in like the X Men mm. uh, ones or Spider Man. Like they had a crossover with like the X Men. They had Captain America. They had a lot of them, but I don't really remember much of the Hulk we or should look into that. Time. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, for now, the podcast is now, now over.